0: Welcome to The Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a living clean study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Living Clean. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to The Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide a commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then our participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions, and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is a living clean study for the Anonymous podcast. This is episode 44. We're going to begin on page 152 with amends and reconciliation. But first, we're going to give our introductions. Brian B., jump in and introduce yourself, please.
1: Hello everyone, my name is Brian B. I'm an addict. My clean date is November 18th, 2019. I attend meetings in southwestern Pennsylvania and my home group is the Sunday morning literature meeting of N.A.
0: Thanks, Brian. What's up, Lisa H? Hey, my name
2: is Lisa. I'm an addict. Uh, got My clean date is uh, two twenty five twelve. 12 I attend meetings in western PA in northeast Ohio. My home group is Monday Night Mi- Miracles in Meadville, PA. That's a mouthful.
0: Thanks, Lisa. What's up, Casey?
3: Hey, everybody. My name is Casey, and I'm an addict. My clean date is nine thirty of 2013 I attend meetings in Salem, and my home group is the Tuesday-Thursday-West Salem Recovery.
0: Thanks, Casey. What's happening? Jane A.
4: Hey, everybody. My name is Jane. My clean date is 12 and I attend meetings in the Midland Valley area in Salem, Oregon, and my home group is the Thursday noon basic text study.
0: Thanks, Jane. What's
5: up, Paul? Hi, Douglas. My name is Paul. I'm an addict. My clean date is uh, January 6, 1995. I attend meetings in New Orleans, Louisiana, and my home group is Open Mind on Monday nights at 7.30. Come see us. Hey,
0: Paul. What's up, Lee?
6: Hey, Douglas. Lee, addict. <laughs> Excuse me. Grateful to be an addict. Clean date, eight twenty seven eighty seven. 87 I attend meetings in New Orleans and some virtual and my home group is also open my Monday nights.
0: Thanks, Lee. What's up, Eva? Hey
7: everybody, Eva P. here. Um, my clean date is June 10, 2000. I attend meetings in the Salem, Oregon area and my home group is the Do It Hard.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Eva. What's up, Jennifer?
8: Hi, my name is Jennifer, and I'm an addict. Uh, my clean date is November 27th, 1992, and I attend meetings
0: in Sacramento, California. Thanks, Jennifer. And our guest this evening, David O. What's happening, David?
9: Hello, my name is David O. My clean date is January 21st, 2018, and I attend meetings in southwestern Pennsylvania. My home group is
0: Wednesday Night Hugs, Not Drugs. All right. Thanks, David, and welcome. And folks, I'm an addict. My name is Douglas. I got clean March 12, 2000 in southwestern PA, and I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. So here we go. Episode 44, uh, Live and Clean Study for the Anonymous podcast. We're going to be on page 152 with amends and reconciliation, and Paul's going to facilitate. Take it away, Paul.
5: Thanks, Douglas. Uh, Eva, let's go for the first two paragraphs under amends and reconciliation, please.
7: All right amends and reconciliation as our behavior changes, we no longer leave a path of chaos and damage in our wake. But we recognize there is no way to unring a bell. There are instances where the damage we cause may be difficult for others to forgive. Making amends is necessary to live free of the guilt, shame and remorse that keep us trapped in self-destruction, but the pro- the process neither begins nor ends when we sit down with the person we have harmed to have that talk. With the help of our sponsor, we reconcile, we reconcile ourselves to the truth of what we did and begin the process of making peace with the consequences of our actions. An honest relationship with ourselves and real tangible change in our lives are necessary for amends to have, a mu- to have much value. There is a reason <clears throat> we come to this work so late in the steps. The process is one of the most important we ever undertake and we do not enter it lightly. The direct amends we make in words are crucial to our recovery, but that's only part of the process. Living those amends means allowing the changes in our personalities and our behaviors to become reliable and consistent in the lives of those we care about. We do this whether the people we care for are changing or not, whether they forgive us or not, whether our relationships become what we wish for or not. When we clean up our side of the street, we can feel easier in our hearts and spirits but that by no means obligates anyone else to clean up their part, nor does it suggest that our families will magically transform into what we always wish they were. More likely, we learn to make peace with the families we have and to accept the reality of who we are. We learn to meet them where they are at without conditions or expectation. Step nine is so hard. I think it's impossible without uh, a God of our understanding and um, a lot of support from a sponsor. I know for me, the first amends that I ever made where somebody wasn't uh, very receptive was my ex husband. And um, it was the one I really didn't want to make because I felt like I didn't have a part in that for a really long time. But when I did the work and um, really looked at my side of the street and came to that realization that regardless of what he thinks or what he does or how it changes um, how our kids will be because my kids were still at that age where um we were trying to work out visitation um i I just had to do it because I was the one suffering, and so, um, when I made that amends, and <laughs> I remember him looking at me going, "It's about time Didn't, haven't you been doing this for like you know a year or something now?" and I'm like. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> um, it was really hard to not have, you know, I mean, I think when I got into recovery, I thought that everybody was just going to accept my amends and it was always going to be fine and it was always going to be perfect. And, um, and this just wasn't, um, however, what it did change was my heart and the, my kids' heart. They saw me do the work and, um, everybody has something to say. Um. And, (laughs) and um, so, and, and I think it talks about that in these two paragraphs, like, you know, when it changes our heart, then um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore how they react. And that's what becomes really important. So with that, I'll pass.
5: Thanks, Eva. They're lining up. Brian B.
1: Thanks, Paul. Uh, what stood out to me was the was the sentence that talks about making amends is necessary to live free of the guilt, shame, and remorse that keep us trapped in self destruction. And uh, man, when it came to working this step, I, I was I was pretty I wasn't scared. I was excited to do the step because there was a lot of things that were that were weighing me down, man. And it was all related to the to the demands that addiction caused me to do. You know, like all the all the amends I had to make were just you know, all addiction related. And uh, I remember Paul said it back when we did the, the basic text study. He said, by the time you get to this step, the people that you have to make amends to should already see, you know what I mean? That, that you have, a, you know, you're committed to staying clean. And, um, you know, a lot of the amends that I had to make were the people that have already passed away. And that's where sponsorship came in. So, so big in, in working this step because I, I had no idea what to do you know, but good sponsorship and and good support from other people, you know, I, I, not only did I consult with my sponsor, but I consulted with some other guys with time that had experience with the step and, you know, they let me know what they did. And a lot of it was financial that I had to make amends for, um, you know, without getting into too much detail, but I tell you what, you know, after I worked the step and uh, I, I had some peace in my heart, you know, from praying about the outcome that was needed to my higher power. You know it was it was amazing, and here's one thing that I can count on today. Like, as long as I stay clean a day at a time, you know I don't have to make those same uh, amends that I had because of my addiction. Now I might have to make some amends because of you know falling short and, and not acting the way I should. You know, but I think that's uh, what recovery has given me. You know, if I if I mess up, you know, a relationship, you know, I, I do have the power today to not go to go to bed mad. You know, I can reconcile with whoever needs to be reconciled with and You know, that's one of the beautiful things about the program. You know, it teaches you how to deal with life on life's terms. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to share my experience with that, thanks.
0: Thanks, Brian. Douglas? Thanks, Paul. I want to make a comment on that second paragraph. Uh, The reliable and consistent in the lives of those we care about. We do this whether they're changing or they forgive us or not, or something like this and cleaning up our part. Other story really quick, active addiction. I stole from my from my old man and my mom, right? You know, the, doing the whole deal. And I was like probably 13, 14, 15. I was something like this. I, I totaled my old man's car and uh, and it was just a big deal, man. You know, of all that, I just couldn't be trusted um, with, with anything really. And I was clean probably two years and he, and he would give me the credit card and say, go fill my truck up and bring a receipt back. Come right back and bring a receipt right back. You know, and that's after being clean for a couple of years, man. And I was thinking, well, damn, you know, the consistent, reliable, reliable, consistent. I need I need that over time. Now the man will give me whatever it is, credit card check, you know, do do whatever, not even think tw- not even think twice about it. It's right now. And, and and that's the point that that's been very clear in the in the immense process to me. I live this way a day to time consistently. And then others become say, oh, you know what? This ain't something that the shoes wanna fall off. Oh shit, this isn't gonna implode. No, this is who he is. This is who he is. And that's what the immense process uh, allow me to experience. So I'll pass.
5: Thanks Douglas, Lisa.
2: Hey, I'm Lisa, I'm an addict. Um, So I really enjoy um, the part where it talks about like how this process doesn't start or end when we actually like have the discussion about making amends. Um, It talks about like reconciling ourselves to the truth of what we did and beginning the process of making peace with the consequences of our actions. Um, And then it goes on to say that honest relationship with ourselves and real tangible change in our lives are necessary for amends to have much value. Um, You know, like I've always been taught in NA that, uh, you know, the steps are in order for a reason. And like our amends process, um, you know, is like eight and nine, but there's like seven other steps ahead of that. Right. And like, in order for me to be making amends, um, you know, in a spiritual manner, um, I've got to, I've got to get right with myself first. Um, you know, like I have to inventory that stuff and look at like, what's the exact nature of like my behavior. Right. Um, And I have to come to a place where like, I'm okay enough with myself that if my amends are rejected, like I'm going to be all right. You know, I'm going to stay clean. Cause like, I remember like being brand new in the program and thinking like, okay, I'm going to write all my amends letters. I'm going to take all my amends trips. I'm going to get a job and pay everybody off. And I'm going to say, I'm sorry. Um, then life is going to be great again. Um, and I had to learn how to like pump the brakes on that. Cause I remember wanting like everything back right away. Um, and that's not my experience. Um, this, this piece on living amends, um, and like allowing the change in our personalities and our behaviors to become reliable and consistent. Um, so like for me, like I get kind of judgmental with myself, like as a person with a little bit of time in the program now, like sometimes I still do shit where I'm like, man, you should know better. Right. Right. Um, So like, I'm newer to the panel, but like, I'm just gonna dive right in head first. Like with six years clean, um, you know, I got married um, with a couple of years in recovery. Um, We were married for about five years and with about six years clean, I had an affair in my marriage, Um, you know? And like, for me, that was an extremely painful process because I had to first come to terms with like the shit that I was still capable of and like how spiritually sick I could still be. Um, if I was not vigilant in my program and like dealing with all of the emotions that led me into that behavior. And it's not an excuse for what I did, but I had to make a lot of wholesale changes um, because in order for me to like say, I'm sorry, like I was taught that the best apology is changed behavior, right? Um, And like, I had to make the change so that like, I don't keep repeating that same um, action over and over again. And like, for me, like that living amends um, to all of the people that I hurt in that situation, um, is that today I'm like a faithful partner and I show up in service in my relationships. And I'm honest when like, I'm having crazy thoughts and feelings and, um, you know, and, and I don't put those unrealistic expectations on those relationships. Um, you know, it talks about like learning to meet people where they are without condition or expectation. Um, and I think for me, ultimately that like helped me to not have like such a perfectionistic view of myself too. Um, you know, because if like, I want that forgiveness in my amends, I also have to be willing to give it. Um, but that's all I got, thanks.
5: Thanks
6: Lisa for that honesty, appreciate that. Lee. Hey, thanks Paul. And the sharing has been amazing. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do a Doug real quick. In that, in that first paragraph, I have to disagree where it says that uh, we recognize there's no way to unring a bell, literally. However, eight, nine, and 10 in context, and and you guys put it into context really great that it takes time to get to those and we get to them over and over and over. Um, NA has unrung, unrung many, many bells in my men's process. Um, I'm real fortunate, my first sponsor and my current sponsor for the past 12 or I don't know how long I've been home uh, years is a combat vet. And and in my, my military career, there were black marks on my soul that I was, A, first never going to tell anyone about, B, how could I possibly make amends to people in other countries and, you know, didn't, didn't know names, didn't know any way to 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 atone. And it was just said amends does need to change. Um, and and it takes time and, and the meeting last night, Doug, I did want to share last night I was on the list, but we ran out of time. Um, this isn't overnight. None of this is overnight. It, it's slowly for me. And, and that depends on on the rate of sickness and the rate of recovery. It was slowly over a very long period of time. And now those black marks are gone. I, I, I've, I shared this before on this podcast and, and some of you may remember, um, like with my mom, at the end of her life, the feeling of amends complete came into my consciousness. I mean, where does that come from? I came here because dope was killing me. I didn't come here to, feel a completed amends. Amaz- I didn't even know a completed amends was possible for many years when I got here. And, and just one more comment about the last paragraph. Early on in my step journey, I was told when, I, when, it, when it was time for me to make amends, to have zero expectations. You know, and when you're kind of like one or two years clean and someone said, said that to me, I was like, oh man, that's impossible. No, that's inhuman. How can you not have any expectations? And, and what I've learned and what I am learning is that the the less expectations I have, the less I'm, I'm ever let down. And so that's way plenty out of me. Thanks.
5: Thanks, Lee. Casey.
6: You know, it
3: talks about the paragraph that Lisa touched on or the sentence that Lisa touched on. There's a reason we come to the step work so late in the steps. and you know, when I first got clean and I came back to Oregon, um, I just had so much guilt and shame and I felt so crappy. I just wanted that to go away that I went and just started vomiting these amends to primarily my family who were raising my kids and, um, you know, picking up the pieces yet again. And I could see when I got back the disappointment and the shame that they had in me. I, I wouldn't say shame, the disappointment that they had that I had gotten loaded yet again. And here I was, and when was I gonna go back out? I just wanted that feeling to go away. And so I just started apologizing left and right. And um, my mom just looked at me in disgust and she's like, I don't wanna hear your I'm sorry's anymore. And um, I think that was the first time that I really understood, like I needed to really figure out what making an amends meant. And so, um, you know, thankfully I had somebody walk me through that process. And when I get to four, primarily everybody that I was pissed off about for one reason or another ended up on my immense list. Right. And so during four through eight, before I started making that list, I got to see, um, all of the things that i was pissed off about how i behaved in those exact same ways over my my lifetime or my relationships with them and so what by the time i got to nine and ready to make those amends i truly had this new perception of what it what i was doing and making an amends because it's so much more than than just saying i'm sorry it's you know like lisa talked about like really coming to terms with yourself of what you did how you want to change it um, and truly how you can have more grace and compassion for people in general. And that's giving me a new, uh, just a newfound relationship with, with them. You know, I talk about my parents live with me today and um, there are some times where I don't want to right my wrong with her. I don't want to go apologize for being an asshole to her because of her behavior right? Like I will justify my shitty behavior to her because of how she's behaving to me. And in working these steps, I get to learn that doesn't matter whether she changes. What I can see today is that I have a solution and she doesn't. And so it allows me to have much more grace and it allows me to take my ass in there and make that amends and truly mean it and really see where I hurt her regardless of, of if she hurt me or not. So I'm super grateful for that. And uh, what else I know about amends is that when I get to another set of steps, there's always more people to make amends to. And, you know, I have one right now that um, I'm sitting on it, on it. I don't want to do it. Um, It's an amends that revolves my kid. Um, But I behaved in an absolutely unacceptable way at my job. And um, I have to make this amends and I don't want to freaking do it. I do not want to do it, but what I don't want to do more is I don't want to get loaded, and so that's where I have to come to terms with. So I'm in that whole process again of coming to this realization, coming to this place of what my part is, and and being in a position to make that amends. So um, when you get to nine, there's usually more there. When you get to eight, you know there's another list waiting for you. So um, it's a continuing process uh, sometimes when I get to eight, I'm not always grateful for that. I don't like seeing that people end up on my eighth step again, (laughs) or, you know, new people end up on there, but, you know, I'm grateful to walk through it and get to the other end. Nine, eight and nine were their freedom breakers for me. That's where I have gotten the most freedom. I have, um, made an amends to somebody who I had an affair with their husband and, um, you know, it's totally, totally different. So I'm super grateful. That was my kid who just walked in um, for this process and grateful for the what comes after the amends, which is often that reconciliation. So thanks, guys.
5: Thanks, Casey. Uh, Yeah, I it's always like one of the first questions when you do H&I. When can I say I'm sorry? When can I tell them when can I go and tell them I'm sorry? And, you know, we're a 12 step program. We are not a we are not a one nine twelve program. I have a problem. I'm sorry, let me tell you about narcotics anonymous that's what uh, that's what everybody wants to do real fast and it's 12 steps so barb welcome introduce yourself and then uh, read that finish off uh, 153 please.
10: I'm Barb and addict, sorry I was late and I got bad news about my car. <laughs> oh. I love it, I know. <laughs> but I'm Barb, Bar. I live in the panhandle of Florida. My clean date is 10 4 and my home group is the hybrid meeting open mind in New Orleans. And we're at, there are some people, correct? Okay, there are some people who never forgive us. Often those people are members of our family. As dearly as we may want their forgiveness, the simple truth is it's not going to come until they are ready. Living with that can be enormously difficult. The desire to fix it can be so powerful that we make things worse by not letting go and letting them heal in their own time. One member shared that 12 years after her initial amends, her daughter finally declared that she was forgiven. It was grace that all those years I didn't know that she was still struggling with this, she said, because if I had known, I wouldn't have let go And I don't know if we could ever have gotten there. Whatever we need to say to the people we have harmed, we know that the deepest amends we make is that we change. And while we can feel the depth of the change in our lives, people who struggled with us for years of our addiction may take a long time to trust or believe it. We may have trouble trusting it ourselves. We harbor that same doubt that the changes we are making will stick. And when others don't believe we have changed, we can fall into that trap with them. Having people who believe in us and in our recovery can be essential to walking through this process, especially when it's long. The reward can be a deep self-acceptance. We forgive ourselves, we forgive others, and we find peace, regardless of what others may think or feel or tell us. A member shared, I am not who I was, no matter who is not convinced that lie is dead. And I think um, five, four and five And eight and nine were uh, very critical for me in that it was like um, I was stepping back into humanity and the human race. I never said I was sorry. I, you know, it was my way or the highway when I was out there, you know, I told you what I wanted. You know, I was, I didn't lie. I didn't, I'm, I'm manipulated, but I was, I was very in your face brash, kind of like I am now out there. And, and consequently I never said I was sorry you know, until I did this step in recovery, you know, and it's, it is very much, it's about changing behavior for me. Um, and it was critical for me to do this. And I, and, and I hate saying I'm sorry. So consequently that keeps my behavior at bay sometimes. So I don't have to have amends and tell you, I'm sorry. But what came to mind with this, I was lucky and that all my amends were well, well taken. You know, I've heard stories from people where they weren't, and it's about cleaning our side of the street and all that, you know, but mine were, in fact, my mom, the first one I did was my mom many years ago. And I remember, um, she was right away, wanted to jump to forgiving me. And I had to tell her mom, I need you to just sit and let me talk. Let me tell you, you know, do this. And then, um, And, and to, you know, do the amends and she did, but the, the amends that comes to mind now is my son. I've talked about um, my son that many years um, in recovery that I raised him. I was very uh, domineering, very controlling, just, just like my mom was a family thing. And um, I disabled him by enabling him, you know, and, and I see it in his life. You know, I see I see some things. Your kids are little mirrors of you, boy. You want to see them character defects and stuff? look at your kids. And it's not pleasant. to see the anger and it's like, ooh, shit, that's me, you know. But um, anyway, I about I I about ruined our relationship, you know, and I and I've since had to do the work. I work on me, you get better. And and it's been slow in restructuring that relationship from a codependent to a healthier, to allowing him his space to grow and be on his own and heal. And and at times I've wondered, have I ruined that relationship? You know, or I've and and, and what I had to do is what that talked about. I've just had to get busy working on me. And I've had to get my own life and find and look at all the stuff that, that, that were, was involved in me doing this to him, you know, because the problem is me, you know. So and that's what I've done. And slowly but surely, you know, I think our relationship um, is healing and, and it is transforming into something healthier, you know, and, and, and consequently, I get to get better because the things I've learned is stay in your own hula hoop. Shut the fuck up, Barb, no matter what, you know, and things like that, that it, it was so hard for me just to not say anything. I couldn't believe it, you know, but I've learned some valuable tools that are helping me with all of my relationships, you know, in, in that relationship to not give advice if it's not asked for. Imagine that. What a concept. I was always willing to tell you what I thought, and what you should do and what you were doing wrong. You know, and it just killed me. He was telling me about his wife, and I'm thinking he hasn't asked me. What do you think, Mom? He hasn't asked me. What's your advice, Mom? So I had to shut up and not give it. You know, and that's the way I'm healing this relationship. You know, and that's the way. And and then what happens is I get all this healing. You know, and I get this freedom. So, you know, it's just it's just pretty cool. I'm so glad to have these steps. You know, and I've went many places. I've been sitting in therapy and thinking, you know, well, that's this step, you know, so the steps are the key, you know, they are. And, and, um and they help me to just uh, keep, keep working on me. So I'm grateful to be here. Thanks.
5: Thanks, Barb. Love you. Uh, Shut the fuck up is a spiritual principle. We have said that before on the podcast. Uh, Jennifer Williams, please. Oh, sorry. I said the last name that was on your thing.
8: <laughs> oh, I don't care. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. <Paul. laughs> not in this day and age I don't care um man I just you know I want to go back to the last sentence of the paragraph we read before this where it says we learn to meet them where they are without conditions or expectation and um man that piece was I couldn't do that in the beginning right even when I knew all of the men's that I had to make there was a lot of they did she did and, and to be really transparent, it was, my mom did this. She continues to do this. She has not changed. And when I make amends to her, she's gonna tell me what she thinks about me and I don't have the stomach to take it. You know, And that was my truth. I didn't have the stomach to be vulnerable. And it took me years, years and years. And finally, my sponsor was like, you've got to make this fucking amends, man. Like, seriously, this is eating you up. Your mom doesn't know that you're trying to make an amends to her. It's not eating her up inside. She's watching you grow and change. You're becoming a good daughter. Like at some point you're going to have to do this. And I, you know, or you can just continue to be miserable and, um, and the thing that that happened for me, you know, she was very specific, you're going to a public place, you're going to write it down, you're going to have a script, you're going to say what you're going to need to say. And if she says anything else, you're going to get up and say thank you for listening and you're going to leave. And I was like, it was so simple, but I couldn't fathom doing that, um, you know. And fast forward to we forgive ourselves, we forgive others and we find peace regardless what others may think or feel or tell us. And they never found peace with any type of amends process if I was stuck on the outcome and what they did to me, you know, and I'm going to tell you that 29 years later, my mother is the same exact person that she was and she talks to me the same way and she acts the same way that she did when I got clean in very different ways about different life circumstances today and that piece for me is I found the peace that I can do all of that and I don't have to be the person that's suffering from that you know I I meet her where she is I know what I'm walking into and I have peace about our relationship and I'm really okay with it but I'll tell you what um you know if you're new and you haven't worked in eight and nine and you're listening to this don't go run off and make amends to people randomly. I ended up having to make amends to an ex-boyfriend in recovery because I told him my amends was because I was sorry that he did this, but he made me blah, 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 blah. blah. And then I had to go back six months later and make another amends to him for the shitty amends that I made the first time. So that's my big piece of advice on this round. But um back to my mom really quick. Um, You know, today My mom, and I've talked about this a few times, my mom is now mentally, her faculties are suffering and her filter is less and less, right? And so I know where she is. And because I've let go of all of that anger and resentment, and because I've let go of the idea that she has some power over me with her words, I can now be there for her regardless. It doesn't matter, you know? So if she needs me for something, or if she goes off on some tangent, and then the same tangent five minutes later, because she doesn't remember the first tangent it's okay. You know um, the peace and the forgiveness that I have in my heart um, way outweigh any kind of consequence or any kind of battle I want to have um, in my life with her. So um, you know, the ninth step for my, that, that process for me was long and arduous and painful and, and, and ugly because I wanted to control the outcome. And once I let go of that and stop controlling the outcome, man, it, the process has been beautiful. So I'll pass with that. Thanks.
5: We are addicted to approval. Eight and nine is not about approval. It is about change. We are not looking for approval here. We are looking for change. Sometimes reconciliation comes, sometimes it doesn't, but we are looking about change. And that's what that paragraph says is in the end, I don't need you to like me at the end of this process. I just need to say what happened and why I am sorry for it. But don't, like Jennifer says, don't do it till you get there and do it with somebody. David, jump in.
9: I really liked where it says in here, uh, we know the deepest amends we make uh, make is that we change. And uh, I can remember er- early on, I didn't know what was happening then, but. Uh, Five months clean, newborn baby, four months getting out of that relationship, getting the baby on my own. And my mom offered her house back to me, which was like, I was amazed. And I sat down with my sponsor and I was like, what's going on here? Like, I don't deserve this. Like, all the things I did. And he, he said, it's an opportunity to change. He said, you're, you're, God's presenting you with an opportunity to change. Don't behave the same way you did. You know, change those behaviors now. And uh, and, and, I, and I listened to him and I changed the things I did. Now, little did I know until later on in the process, like I needed all the change in the in the beginning steps. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven to get to those changes allowed in my life to be able to to, to do the amends in nine. And, uh, you know, a, a beautiful thing, freedom, like it was said, every step I worked, there's just been this level of freedom afterwards It doesn't there, there's no nothing comparable. And nine was the biggest, biggest freedom. Uh, and it's all due to the change, 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 build up, build up to that. And, uh, w- without that foundation and, and everything before that, you know, I wouldn't be able to and then it says in here, uh, having people who believe in us and our recovery can be essential to walking through this process. And like, this talks about process a lot, process a lot. Like I gotta remind myself, like process takes time because like, I want it now, yesterday, uh, immediately, those things, that's what the disease tells me. So, like, process was early on in like step two, like, process, process, and like it, it comes back in other steps. And, uh, you know, time takes time. And like, I can't just fix everything right away. I don't have that ability, but like, I gained that understanding through the work of all these steps. And, uh, you know, to go backwards a little bit about family, like, I love where it says in there to accept the reality of who they are. Uh, we learn to um, meet them where they're at. Uh, Without conditions or expectations, because uh, my family, uh, there, a lot of them don't change. They, they use regularly. They're they're uh, and I have to make the changes, like go early, leave early. You know, get out of there before the crazy happens. And um, uh, you know, the change that uh, they see in my life on a daily basis, like they've come to an understanding, like that's what's best for me. You know, they might not like that I have to leave early, but they know that's what's best for me because they've seen the results of how, what it's done in my life, Uh, but that's all I have. Thanks for letting me share.
5: Thanks, David. Uh, Jane, why don't you read page 154, those two paragraphs, please?
4: You bet, Paul. Here we go. Reconciliation is an important spiritual principle for us to consider. We come to terms with the reality of our actions, and we also reconcile with people we have had conflict with. Sometimes reconciliation means that we restore the relationship to its previous state or to a new state based on current reality. And sometimes it means that we make peace with the fact that the connection with that person is lost. Reconciliation can also mean restoring balance, like when one reconciles accounts. When we take on what is not ours, as when we take responsibility for someone else's feelings or actions, We are out of balance, and the result is often destructive. We do what we can to amend the harm we have done and to restore balance in our relationships, and we let go of the results. Facing the responses of some people from our past may give us a much sharper vision of who we have been, and it can take some work to make peace with that. We want to be very aware of who we are becoming and use this new information about our past to help move forward. If making amends is about change, one change we can make is not to subject ourselves to abuse anymore. Finding the balance between hearing someone out and putting ourselves in danger is difficult. We're the only ones who can say where that line is, and we may not find it in the moment. Like so many things we work through and walk through in recovery, it comes in layers. It can be useful to know that addressing something once does not necessarily mean we are done with that issue, a memory, or an amends. More is continually revealed to us, and sometimes in the course of dealing with that, we know we learn more than we had expected. Isn't that the truth? Anyway, I've really enjoyed the podcast. It's been um, very enjoyable listening to people share uh, their different experiences with the. eighth and ninth step, and uh, I certainly agree with uh, a lot of it. Uh, it's like every other step and every other spiritual principle. It it just takes practice. Uh, I wasn't as good at it in the first couple little whiles. I wasn't really good at the truth of me uh, in the first little while. It it took time for me to learn about me uh, enough in the truth, you know, the fact-finding, fact-facing uh, process, and uh, to even know uh, about amends or the different kinds of amends. I'm very grateful to a sponsor that um, uh, showed me there were different kinds of amends. But first I had to face what need to be done. Sometimes when I was having difficulty, because she divided it up into three lists for me, um, ones I was willing to make, ones I might make someday, and those that fuck no, never. And we started with ones I was willing to do. And um, fortunately, some of the fuck knows died before I had to. So I had got away with doing some different kinds of amends. (laughs) That's just looking back. So um, but one of the things that helped me with motivation was I need my channel to my God clear. I need it clean. I need to be able to feel the flow of his power and his love and his the spiritual path he wants me to take. And if it gets all clogged up with ugly feelings and scars and um, missteps, then it, it gets stuck and the channel is blocked. And uh, I can't afford that. And uh, loaded is the ultimate, but there's a lot of, lot of space in between that that can be the misery and the resentment and the bitterness and the fear. It can drive me out of meetings. It can drive me away from events and uh, sponsorship uh, out of fear. Of meeting that person or being around that person so um, my mom and dad of course everybody's kind of been talking about that um, just accepting them for who they are and that's exactly who they're going to be uh, was a process I, I wanted to give all those spiritual principles to them so they could be happy joyous and free <laughs> they didn't want the spiritual principles Yeah, you know coming to and like a I was saying is uh, learning to leave in a very short period of time and over a period of time be able to stay a little longer, staying away from certain subjects that weren't going to be uh, productive to talk about, um, learning to have a relationship with my mom in spite of my dad instead of putting them both together and rejecting both, um, not making the amends until my heart settled down Because sometimes in a night step, I wanted to go and make the amends right away. And I end up making amends for trying to make an amends. So I have to find that forgiveness and that reality and that calmness and peace before I go try to make an amends. And um, I think it's important there to talk about that sometimes I can make an amends, but I'm not necessarily going to have a relationship with that person anymore. Cleaning cleaning it up does not necessarily mean we're now going to be Uh, lovey buddy friends Um, it just means that I I have to own what I did be accountable for what I did and then what can I do to make this better and uh, I have learned with practice for that to be the question at the end of most amends this is what I did this is what I should have done this is what I'm willing to do is there something else that needs to happen because sometimes, uh, I think I was just, i was just finished up the ninth step in the flat book and it taught one of the questions in there was, sometimes I don't even know I owe the amend until later. It's only after I processed it all the way through that it occurs to me to go back and do something to clear it up. So um, anyway, practice, practice, practice. Thanks a lot.
5: Thanks, Jane. Lisa.
2: Hey, I'm Lisa, I'm an addict. Um, you know, I really love just this little piece here about reconciliation, meaning um, that we restore the relationship to its previous state or to a new state based on current reality. Um, you know, like I can be very ego-driven when it comes to like the amends process. And I heard somebody share at a meeting last night, like, um, you know, if, if you're going to be ego-driven, at least to, like base it in reality, right? Um and something that I've learned in, like, my work with, uh, you know, making amends in the ninth step is, like, I need to also, like, when I write on eight, I need to include myself, right? Um, a, a major theme in my active addiction and my growing up, um, you know, was that, like, abuse and neglect. And it talks in the second paragraph about, like, one of those changes we can make is to not subject ourselves to that abuse anymore, Um, you know, like for a long time, I tried to force, like my parents are not the parenting type, right? Like mom's using addict has been my whole life used while she was pregnant with me. Um, my dad's a retired narcotics cop, like addiction's not a disease, you know, the whole thing. Like if they stuck a needle in their arm, they deserve it. Right. So, you know, on one end I have like complete enabling. And on the other end, I have like this narcissist, like, um, almost like authoritarian, like he uses a lot of religious guilt to try to like manipulate situations between us. Um, And I learned over time that, you know, like in continuing to keep that door open, right, I was taking on um, responsibilities that should have been my parents years ago, right? I was holding on, I was carrying guilt that didn't belong to me, right? Um, And, you know, somebody very close to me had suggested, you know, like, have you ever thought about just closing the door? Um, And I really hadn't because I I didn't really consider that a possibility, you know, um, I always thought that like I had this obligation because they were my family but the reality for me in that process is, you know, like it talks about how this comes in layers, um, and more will be revealed. NA has given me like that chosen family that I never had. So I don't have to force those relationships anymore. And I don't have to hurt myself by keeping that door open. It's like that whole insanity thing is like doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Like I'm the kind of addict that like, I know what the result's going to be and I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I just love that this kind of gives us that freedom to like also make amends to ourselves and just kind of like, determine where that line is and that sometimes it really is okay as a living amends to myself to just close that door.
6: Casey um,
3: I really like the I really like these paragraphs all together but um, the par- the sentence that Lisa touched on and then also um, <sighs> choosing to put ourselves back in that line of abuse, right? So I I have two people that I made amends to that were long-term relationships. And um, I think the importance of understanding again, why I was making that amends came in really handy when I was making that amends because I was not making an amends to reconcile this relationship and get back with this person. But that was what that person interpreted that amends as, as, oh, this is a door back into your life and we're going to get back together and have this happy-go-lucky life. Um, And so really understanding like what was my motive in making this amends was super important and being able to be okay with and not getting sucked back into that guilt of, or not even guilt, I guess that thought of maybe we can make this work again, right? Like we have gone this circle time and time and time again, and now I'm at a different place and maybe we can make this work again. So that was super important and then the making an amends to um when we can change uh is not to subject ourselves to abuse anymore and that was my experience with my children's father um i owed him an amends, and um but we had such a toxic abusive relationship um that it was that vicious cycle of that was what he did our whole relationship, right? Like he would beat the crap out of me. He would go away for a while. He would come back into my life, tell me he was sorry and we'd do it all over again. And so when I made that amends, that trauma kind of like set in. And so making that amends was really difficult um, for me to do. But what I learned is that I could still own my side of the street and not put myself in that position to be in that toxic relationship. I could make that amends and then learn with the help and guidance of everybody that was in my circle of how then to learn how to, because we had these kids together, right? So we had to learn how to co-parent and not continue that cycle. So I really, really liked those two paragraphs in regards to that. That's it.
0: Thanks, Casey. Douglas? Yeah, thanks, Paul. That was beautiful, Casey. I'm going to um, probably hit on some of the same same aspects that, that you're talking about. I I got uh had about a year or two and I got married with, you know, my son's mom, she had a year or two as well. And, uh, so, so, you know, then, then we had the two kids and, uh, and she relapsed and then we, we stayed together for, I guess it was about a year you know something like that. And God damn, if there isn't, if that is an insane, you know, it, I, I don't think I've ever been as insane as trying to make it work with somebody who's using, you know, staying clean and whatnot. But anyhow, what, what right here, um, a new state based on current reality what you folks are, are talking about that that's how that's how we kind of navigated that whole process you know we're divorced now and we co-parent the boys but check this out i uh um i I eventually made amends on for for my part of being a um being a shitty husband really is what it was up until up until she you know she relapsed i would I was definitely that that husband of you do you know you cook and clean. I'll go, I'll go do that whole thing. Why are you going to class? You know, what's this? What's that? A shitty husband, man, for real. You know, and I, and I just had that, like, that was the perspective that I brought to the table. But then after she started using until she got clean, check it out. I use that as a fucking club to beat her with constantly and constantly. And I could not see my part in this shit because it's justified and it's deserved and, and, and for me, that's a cycle I have to watch. And every, every round of steps that I do have to be – I really have to be on the, on the watch for, bro, I'm justified in feeling this way. Fuck him or fuck her. I'm justified in it. So dangerous for me, man. So dangerous for me. But check this out. It was, it was Easter weekend, um, you know, years ago, and, uh, and I stopped beating her over the head with, with her addiction. And I just said, hey, look, the kids were wondering where you've been. You know, she went on a, on a run. And I said, I'm not going to lie to him anymore. You know, uh, what are we going to do? man? And shortly after that, you know, shortly after that, she got clean and it, but it was a change for me to, to stop that. And, and I referenced that because a few years ago, she asked me to speak at her anniversary. And it's, it's just, it's one of those things to where a men, a men's process, just like in the book, how to listen to God. I, I can't, it changed my life to the amend process, it changed my life to, the, to step 11, but it talks about how these vertical structures, the amends process make those horizontal bridges. So easy to see in my life, man. There were so many of these vertical structures in people, but through, 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 this, through this piece, um, then, then they become these horizontal bridges, man, and pathways. So, so I wanted to make those comments, I'll pass. Thanks, Thanks Douglas. Barb.
10: Barb and addict. I love that. What When we do what we can to amend the harm we have done and to restore balance in our relationships and we let go of the results. That's exactly what I was talking about with my son. And that has been key throughout my relationship. I was taught you do the footwork and you let go of the results. I got a girl now. I keep telling her that let go of the results. She wants to be in charge, you know, all the time. And I think when we do that, we don't get to see what HP wants, you know. So and then um, if making amends is about change, one change we can make is to not subject ourselves to abuse anymore. I, too, was in an abusive relationship with my son's dad, and um, I had a part in that abuse. What I came to realize with the steps, through the steps and through the process, through therapy, is I definitely had a part in that abuse. But how I healed from that abuse is I do not take abuse anymore. I did not even take it from my 16-year-old son. I kicked my son out for about six weeks because he was being abusive. And I was a single mom and um, let him get a taste out there. I knew where he was at. I knew what he was doing. I called the police and said, you know, I can't control him. He's being, you know, he's being talking to me abusively. And the cop told me just know where he's at. And I did. And I brought food and dropped it off. And he came back in six weeks then with a different attitude. You know, I don't take abuse today, you know. And I like it comes in like so many things we work through and walk through in recovery. It comes in layers, you know, that abuse I was talking about. It it took many um, it took therapy and the steps and many, many layers to realize my part in that abusive, that toxic relationship and that abuse, you know, and, and my first therapist told me, you know, we we've just revisited it's not that same intense pain and just because we got to revisit it again doesn't mean that we haven't worked on it it means we're peeling away the layers of the onion of the onion and we're going a little deeper to look at it and to understand it and there's been many things you know i was a very sick person so there it's it's taken on um, a lot of layers you know for me and and at the beginning it was just very superficial you know the guilt and shame and and you know but um, to get to the crux of the problem and to to understand Barb, you know, and to understand all this abuse that I had, like Lisa was talking, it, I had to be on my list. I, I had participated in so much abuse. I hated myself and I proceeded to inflict all this abuse on myself or to participate in it, you know, and it's taken, you know, at 10 years clean, I quit smoking. At 17, I got healthy with my weight, I, I, I ate. At 20 years, I started working on my codependence, you know, it's like I did everything I could to die out there. And that was the big lie I told myself in recovery slowly, but surely 10 years before I put down cigarettes, you know, I have done everything I can to live and kept waking up to the stuff of my disease in order to do that. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of, of stuff, a lot of layers there that I had to go through to do that, to put down the cigarettes, to put down the food, you know. So I'm so grateful to be um, in this process and be in recovery and um, keep waking up to the stuff of my disease. Cause that's, guess what? It never, it never um, ends. I hate to burst anybody's bubble, but I'm 26 years clean and I still got a lot of shit to work on. So, thanks.
5: Thanks Barb. Uh, Brian, why don't you read the next paragraph, please? Walking with not the knowledge.
1: Sure, Paul. Walking with the knowledge that someone has not forgiven us is hard, but through it we find levels of forgiveness and acceptance that we may not we may not have known were possible. It brings us to a clear understanding of what the ninth step is for, and we learn to recognize the difference between hope and expectation. As much as we might want someone to forgive us or to own their part of a situation in which harm was mutual, we might we have no right and no reason to expect that. Sometimes the path to forgiving ourselves begins with forgiving another for their lack of forgiveness. As we forgive them, we may find compassion for the pain they experience at carrying that resentment and for the pain we caused them in the first place. We understand that everyone's self sense of harm is different. Something that we might find easy to let go of, someone else may find unforgivable. That is not our business to decide or to change. When we understand the gravity of the damage we did, we can see that accepting their lack of forgiveness may in fact be part of our amends. We realize too that forgiving us forgiving us may have other consequences for the person to whom we are making amends. It may threaten their other relationships or their sense of themselves. We are the only ones whose recovery we have control over. We We can only amend what is ours. The rest is out of our hands and we practice letting go so I, I really don't have much experience on people not forgiving me. Like I, I was coming into a lot of situations where I sat down um, with the people that I needed to make amends to. And, you know, um, to my surprise, everyone was pretty, you know, kosher with me about it. You know, I put a lot of uh, stress on what I did to my stepbrother and my addiction. And uh, it was, it was so calming to my spirit. You know, I was waiting for this big reaction, but he was like, you know what, Brian? he's like, I I don't think too much about it, man. He's like, there's not much to forgive you about. He's like, you're my brother. And he's like, I know that's not the person that you were. Uh, You know, the person that you are is not who you were. And, um, you know, I I need to make sure that I that I come into that. I came into this step knowing that, like, I wasn't making amends for the other people. I was making the amends for myself, you know, so I could have some kind of peace in my life. And, um, you know, I did do a lot of damage. I caused a lot of pain and, um, you know, I never want to go back to that again. And I don't have to, you know, I have a choice today, you know, um, the steps have, have, have uh, had such a tremendous impact on my life, you know, allow me to learn about myself. And like Barb said, I still got a lot of work to do, man. A lot of work. Um, I still have a lot of issues with trust. I still have issues when it comes to relationships with fear um you know big time and uh a lot of that has caused me to make amends with sometimes not much reconciliation but uh you know there's always hope there's always hope so i'll pass let someone else get in maybe thanks
5: thanks brian i um <laughs> I, I, I there was something in the previous paragraph that i wanted to comment you know when doing I, uh, talking about amends, they'll come up a lot and they'll go, I have this friend who was who my dope dealer and I wanna make amends. It is abusive to you to do that. It is abusive to you. Please, please, please have a sponsor before you do anything and discuss in depth what your plan of action is for any amends you do not want to be taken out by a false ninth step because that's what that is nowhere in this in this literature does it say to put ourselves at harm the other thing that when i got clean i was pretty sure that it was my parents fault that i was in narcotics anonymous they had done a lot of stuff and um and i you know my father had gone to prison uh, we had to move because of his embezzlement of money. Uh, we, it was in the newspaper. My mother was mortified. There was a whole kind of thing of, of, that went on. And over the years, um, through the transformative power of the program of Narcotics Anonymous, I see them for what who they are, and I see myself for who I am. And my father passed away in 2010. And my mother passed away in 2015. And the balance was level. I was not the bad son anymore. And they were not the bad parents. Um, And so that is worth the price of admission for anybody. This is not an event. This is a process. And it takes time. And like it says in this literature, after the I'm sorry, there's all this other stuff. And, the, and staying clean is the main thing that I have to remember. So until next week, why don't we all just stay clean and we'll meet again. Thanks.
0: Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.